Hi, this is Jessica Clausen, former Walt Disney World cast member, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 95 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we conclude our three-part interview with former Walt Disney World cast member Jessica Clausen. In the first two parts, we talked about working at Toy Story Midway Mania in the, and in the resorts as a concierge, the transition to Magic Bands and My Disney Experience, teaching in the Youth Education Series, some love for Walt Disney, and some great guest stories. If you followed along with any of my coverage of the 2015 D23 Expo, thank you. I'll be bringing you a couple of episodes devoted to it soon, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this, and I'm glad you came along with me. To see what I shared, head on over to facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic, and you can look through everything from the weekend that I posted. Now in this episode, Jessica talks about what she remembers most about her traditions class when she first started at Walt Disney World. It took all she could do not to burst into tears. When she remembers thinking, I'm doing something really special, working the Osborne spectacle of dancing lights, what she loved most in her time at Walt Disney World, a few other favorite stories, too. This is what makes cast members special, and one of the main reasons I do this podcast. Why she had to leave Walt Disney World, how she brings Disney into her classroom as a teacher in a special needs class, if she could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what it would be and why, what she never gets asked that she wishes people would ask her, What inspires her? Part of this answer may surprise you. Her advice to you for following your dreams, and of course, shameless plug time. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And this is Amy Moyer. And we are the hosts of Take Him With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyer's home, And then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast, and we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like Star Trek. And heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. (laughs) (laughs) Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. Now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. I want to take a minute to jump way back to the very beginning of your time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you remember most about your traditions class? Let's see. Very. One of the first things I remember, they, they split you up in the groups and they put you in different rooms. And you travel in these different groups to go through different parts of the training, such as getting um, information on the union, getting information on like banks and paychecks and things like that. 
And so that was the first part of it. And you spent an hour and a half going through all these different rooms where they threw information at you and you're just sitting there like, okay. And <laughs> there was training questions that we got to answer so later in all in the afternoon. We got all these little like statues. I still have mine actually sitting in my little China cabinet here. We, if you answered a Disney question correctly, haha, me and my Disney knowledge, you got <laughs> right? you got these little plastic statues. So that was very exciting. And they brought in our name tags, and that was it. Took all because I was really the only one in the room who was like a diehard Disney fan in that specific group. It took all of my strength not to burst into tears when they handed me that name tag especially because mickey mouse handed me that name tag because he came into our group and he actually gave out the name tags to each and every person and it was all i could do not to burst into tears because <laughs> it was just so cool yeah did you go ahead and burst into tears later of course yeah definitely <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just like i have a walt disney world name tag in my hand and this is amazing <laughs> And it was handed to you by Mickey Mouse. Exactly. And that just made it more amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was that was a pretty cool day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to guess it's not this, that it wasn't that particular day, because you so far had just been in traditions at that point. But, you know, I can imagine that being pretty much a highlight of, I don't know, maybe everything up to that point. But once you actually got started working in the park uh, or you know, maybe it happened again when you were moved over into the resorts or the education programs or something. But was there a time that was the first time you remember thinking, wow, you know, I am doing something really special. I'm, I'm actually doing this. I'm here part of this. Oh, I, I thought about that a lot, actually, especially definitely those first few weeks as I was getting used to being by myself and running a household by myself and going to work at this place, it just, every time I walked into studios in the morning, when I was opening, we walked in through the park and I don't know if you guys realize it, but the music plays all the time. Like the background loops, they're always mm -hmm. on. Like, even when the park is closed. And so just walking in in the mornings down Buena Vista Street and down, or not Buena Vista Street, down um, Hollywood Boulevard and down Pixar Place and just looking around at everything. It was like, I can't believe I get to do this every day. And the first time the Christmas decorations came on, like, I walked in because I walked out at like four o'clock in the afternoon and it was still like everyday Hollywood studios. And then I walked in the next morning and all of a sudden it was Christmas everywhere. <laughs> the music was playing, the lights were on and I'm just like, Oh, oh my gosh. It was like super exciting. <laughs> that was something I don't think I, I think I forgot to include this. One of the cool things about working studios, especially in the area that I worked in with Toy Story Mania our area was the first ones to be pulled to be in charge of working Osborne Spectacle of Dancing Lights. And I got to work that several nights during uh, Christmas of 2012. And that was amazing. I can only imagine having seen the lights, it 
you know, being a part of it that way. What was the the most amazing thing about that? Um, the snarky side of me wants to say the overtime. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would open to a story at eight in the morning and I work eight hours at Toy Story and then I would work from I would they pull me for the lights and I'd work the lights from like four till eleven and I'd go home and sleep and I'd come back and I'd do it all again. And so like I was walking around talking to people and getting paid time and a half for it. It was amazing. But can't beat that. Yeah. The reality of it was the first part when you first start with the lights, you're in a position and you're telling people to keep moving down the corner. And there's 5 million lights around the corner. Keep walking. Keep moving. You're just yelling at people. But once the crowd slowed down a bit, we went on what was called free flow. And you got to walk the lights and just talk with people and answer questions and take kids while their parents were sitting down. Take kids and go on a hidden Mickey hunt. Or go in the windows and try to find baby dinosaur in the windows. Or try to find Jack Skellington in the windows. And just that was the most interactive experience I ever had with guests. And that was so much fun. So is that what you loved most in all your time there? Not necessarily the Osborne lights, although it might be that. But the having that level of interaction with guests? Absolutely. That's what made the job. Good interactions, bad interactions, doesn't matter. It's just being there with the people and seeing, like, I didn't get the ex experience of standing on Main Street and watching people go around that corner and see the castle for the first time. But just the, when those lights turned on and hearing the gasp come from people that have never seen it before or getting to pick the family that turned those lights on or standing in front of Toy Story and letting a family come in the fast pass line when they didn't have fast passes just because we were on a slower day and just seeing their faces. And it was like, you just gave them a million dollars. And it was just, it was very cool. That was definitely my favorite part of the entire job there. Very cool. That sounds amazing. It reminds me of a principle I heard from uh, Andy Stanley. who said, do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. Absolutely. So sounds like you got to do that kind of thing. And that was the highlights was when you got to do that. Yeah, that, that's definitely what made everything else worth it. Yeah. Um, now, you've shared a lot of stories of different types of guest interactions and a couple specifics. But do you have any other favorite stories of something you got to do for a guest or something that maybe a guest did for you that was extra special or even just any fun or, you know, meaningful stories for you? I, let's see. I got to work at Disney World twice on my birthday. Ah. And the first time was a Toy Story. And it, both times my birthday was awesome, even though I was working. I was working outside. I was, the Fast Pass machines had already closed because we were still on paper Fast Passes at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was just outside guarding them, just telling people, sorry, no fast passes, sorry, no fast passes. And I was wearing my pin lanyard. And this little um, girl, I believe she was speaking French. It was we, could, we didn't have a language between us that we could understand. Her and her mother and someone else came up. And the mother, I think, understood a little English. 
And she came up, she was looking at my pins. And I was asking if she had pins to trade. And they were saying, no, she didn't have any pins. And she really, she kept poking, like, she kept poking at this bell one that I had on my lanyard. She thought it was so cool. She kept poking at it. So I bent down and I took the pin off my lanyard. I handed it to her and I said, I won't tell anyone if you don't. And she gave me a kiss on my cheek. And it was just, oh my gosh, it just best birthday present ever. It was like one of the. It's one of those things. Like I, it was, I'm looking around. Like, did they just record that for a commercial? That's like one of those things you'd see on a Disney commercial, you know? <laughs> right. Even here, that kind of thing doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. And then the next year on my birthday, I was working concierge, and uh, husband and wife. I want to say honeymoon, but I'm not 100 percent sure. They had checked in, and they needed a ready roomer. Something, something was with their room. They were looking for something specific. And I got on the phone and I talked to my cast member in the back and they were actually able to fix it for me and give the guests what they wanted. And the guest was so excited. Thank you so much. I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal, whatever. So I had gotten out early that day. I think I only had like a six hour shift. So I was out by like 12, 1230. And I had my lunchbox and I was walking out past the buses and I hear someone yelling after me. And I look around, it was the husband and wife. And the wife says, I just, I have to thank you for what you did for us. That was so awesome. I was like, I didn't do anything. It's okay. She hands me, they must have gone into the store and bought like a little Mickey Mouse charm for like the little, like the little four or $5 charm bracelets. And she Mm -hmm. handed it to me. She's like, this is from us. Please take this. And I'm being cast member. You can't take things. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I can't take it. But she insisted. She like literally put it in my hand and walked away. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. But I, I still have it. Like, I, it's hanging here in my office. It used to be on my keys for the longest time, but I was too afraid I was going to lose it. But I still have that. It was like, it was like, and she had no idea it was my birthday. I was just like, oh, I got a birthday present on my birthday. <laughs> like, those those were really cool moments. And there was a couple times when I was working where there was a family that had, like, something bad happen to them. Like, there was a woman... I specifically remember that she had just lost her job, but they already had this trip booked and she knows the last vacation she'd be able to go on with her son for a while. So they came down anyway, even though she just lost her job and she, they were late for their reservation at the resort because they were on the auto train and someone had laid on the tracks and decided to commit suicide. And so their train was about five hours delayed because they had to deal with that. And so she just had such a horrific few days. I'm just staring at her like, I want to give you Disney World in a box. Like, I just want to give you all the things. <laughs> and I got went and I talked to one of my managers. And I was like, I, I got to do something for this family. And they just, they gave me money out of the drawer. And they said, go to the store, go shopping. And so me and another cast member and one of the store cast members, we got together and we went and we went shopping for the kid and we got some things for the mom and we just made this huge bag of stuff for them and got delivered to their room just as a how hope you have the best trip ever like welcome bag and like we got like a game for the kids and that was that was something really cool that you definitely wouldn't have been able to do at a regular everyday hotel yeah i'm actually tearing up a little bit just hearing that story (laughs) by the way (laughs) That one. And the other time I got to go shopping in the store was for a family that um, the son was ill. He had gotten, I forget 
what it was, if it was pink eye or if it was the flu, he had something and they were stuck in the room. They weren't able to go out into the park and the kids were just miserable. So we bought like four or five different board games for the family. We just sent them to the room, like have fun, (laughs) enjoy the room. (laughs) We know it's not the grand, but at least you have stuff to do. (laughs) Right. So yeah, it was, those, those were definitely some of those things that are going to stick with me forever. Yeah. Those are great stories. Love those stories. Um, So how long did you end up working for Disney overall? I worked for Disney for about two years and almost two months. And I I had to leave, unfortunately. I had been promised a full-time gig at a school. And as much as I love Disney, unfortunately, I was struggling to make ends meet come the last few months of working there. Sure. Right. Without working like 80 hours and hours were getting slim and it was just, it was hard to keep up. So I had taken a substituting position at a school for special needs. And so I was working full-time at the school and full-time at Disney at the same time for about two months with a broken toe. Oh, (laughs) that was, that was an interesting couple of months. My, by the end of it, my boyfriend was like, you, you, you've got to choose something. You're dying. Cause I would be up at five in the morning because school was 45, 50 minutes from my apartment. It was in North Orlando and I lived in Kissimmee. So I would Mm -hmm. drive, I would wake up at five in the morning I would drive to school. I'd leave school at 2.45. As soon as the kids were gone, I pulled out of that that drive, drove 30 minutes down to Disney, worked Disney from 3.30 to 11.30, went home, went to sleep and did it all again. And I'd do that for like five days in a row for two months. Wow. And my boyfriend's like, you're, you're killing yourself. You've take this summer, continue working at Disney and decide what you're going to do. Cause the school promised me a full-time position in the high school room. And I just with the money that they were giving me. And the fact that I was going to be in teaching in a Catholic school in special needs, which was something that I've, I've always dreamed of doing. And they, they offered me that and I just, I couldn't turn it down. And I tried for two months to go part-time or seasonal at Disney and they changed the rules on seasonal and they just couldn't give it to me. And so Mm. I had to leave even though I didn't want to. Yeah. And I'm sure if the opportunity arose to do it in such a way that you didn't end up killing yourself, like you were for those two months that you would go back in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I definitely would. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah. Now, as a teacher now, are you able to bring Disney into your classroom at all? All the time. My lanyard that I wear has Disney on it. They, <laughs> they, they can't get Disney out of me. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> I wear my pins every, to school every once in a while. And I've got kids at school. I have uh, one boy. His, one of his infatuations is transportation. And he's obsessed with Disney buses and Disney boats. And he just we talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and you probably know about this, but I didn't find out about it until my trip a couple of years ago, that there's like collector cards for the different vehicles. Oh, yeah. Like the buses and boats and stuff. And so I have a couple for the boats. Do you, have you maybe been able to get a set of those for him or anything like that? He actually has a whole bunch of them on his own. So. Of course he does. <laughs> so I didn't Never have... mind. I'll be like, oh, do you have this one? Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have four, don't you? Yeah. 
Very cool. What about actually in the the subject matter? What what do you teach? I guess I should ask. Well, my is school it's it's a full time special needs school. Um, uh -huh. That's all we do. We have going into the school year, which starts in a week and a half. I can't believe it. We wow. have about fifty students at this whole school, and so I teach high schoolers. So I have fourteen to eighteen year olds, and we. We teach a variety of subject matter. We're teaching their life skills and things like that. And I can't put Disney a lot into the curriculum because mm -hmm. they, just, they have so many things they just need to learn on their own. But I might have like a Mickey here or there in my classroom. Or like if they're doing a color sorting activity, the color sorting shapes might happen to be Mickey shaped. Or just coincidentally. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. They just appear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's. That's a lot of what I do in the classroom, and the, the families know me. A lot of them have annual passes since they live here, and so they'll, like, I'll be in the parks, and every once in a while, I'll see one of the kids in the park, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, you're here too. They're like, oh my gosh, you're a teacher outside of the classroom. You don't leave the classroom. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't work in my head. Yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. Now, I'm sure if you could go back to working at Walt Disney World the, if they gave you concierge or attractions or the yes program or something you'd probably be pretty happy with any of them but if you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company any capacity any part of the company you could even make it up you can't be emperor of Disney or president of the world of Disney or something but I mean you you could have you know any currently existing job or something that you invented uh, what would it be and why well, I had, I had looked for something that I wanted to do for a long time, and unfortunately, it doesn't exist at Disney. And that was I'd want I want to be a tour guide for families with special needs. Hmm. And they have VIP tour guides. They have like the educational tour guide things, like what I did. Mm -hmm. Um. And when you're a VIP tour guide, you can sometimes you can put on there that you like to work with families with special needs, and they would do those things. Like they would, if those families came along, they would try and push them towards your way. But the hours for a VIP tour guide at Disney are just crazy. Really? You wake up in the morning and you don't know if you're going to have a six hour day or a 16 hour day. Because if the families like you, the families might just, um, families might just be like, oh, um, well, we're actually going to studios after this. Uh, we'll pay you the extra, we'll pay Disney the money. You come with us. And so you were supposed to be done at two and now you're going to be done at 10 because you're going to hang out with them for, through the fireworks and they might request you for the next day. So you might have to be there again for the next day for them. And it's just, I couldn't live in that schedule where I didn't know what I was doing day to day or I was supposed to have mm -hmm. a day off tomorrow, but the family requested me specifically. So I don't have a day off anymore. Right. And I just, I admire the people that can do that, but I just, I couldn't live in that schedule, not with wanting to eventually have a family and all that. Sure. Absolutely. I've talked to the people who work with special needs at Disney. I actually got to meet with the person in charge of the disabilities within Walt Disney World. It's a very small, it's one of those, um, facility areas within Disney that is a very small amount of people and you can't get a job there unless someone dies. So mm -hmm. <laughs> unless someone leaves or yeah. So I couldn't 
get a job in there and I talked to people and I had all these ideas of things I want to do with Disney, things that I, I really want to do. And they were either doing them or they're like, oh, we can't do that here. And it was just, it was very discouraging. But if I could create a job where I could just give families with disabilities a very affordable tour of the parks and get them in through the rides and help them with things, that's, that's really what I'd want to do. That sounds like a great job to have and a worthwhile one, something that if there was some way they could introduce or incorporate something like that, that they really should. I would wish, I wish that they would. I, and just because there are so many families that need help with planning trips and learning about the parks, they, they don't have a lot of resources for them. And that's something that I'm really hoping comes out in the long run. It's actually something that I myself outside of Disney have started to hopefully work on myself. Good. Yeah. And I want to talk about that in a few minutes. We're going to of course. drop that into to one of the, the last questions because I want to give you a chance to talk about that. Uh, but before we do, what do you never get asked that you wish people would ask you? Um, it's a very hard question. I can think of things that people that I wish people wouldn't ask me, like where's Walt's frozen head? I hate that question. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got that way too many times. Um, but I guess people, especially at Disney, people don't ask enough about the history of Disney, why things came to be. I wish people would ask more about the details because that's something I could talk about the details of the Rapunzel bathrooms for 20 minutes if you let me. <laughs> as stupid as that is like I don't know how many people I bet no one has a lot of people haven't noticed Maximus's specific footprints that are at the Rapunzel bathrooms and if they did notice them they didn't follow them like I have to see where they go and it happens to lead to an area with a bunch of apples with some apples with bites out of them <laughs> nice <laughs> that's the one thing about Disney that just I could go for days about all the details that the Imagineers put into things that make Disney as amazing as it is, but the everyday guest doesn't notice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't ask about that. And that's definitely something that I could talk about forever. Well, if we had another hour, we would, we could dive into that. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have another hour to talk about that. <laughs> Not right now. Anyway, we'll see what we can do another time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm glad that there are people like you that have the knowledge and that love to talk about it. And like me, for that matter, I don't have the Walt Disney World knowledge. Mine's more of the Disneyland area, but I could do the same thing. We could probably go back and forth. You, know, you tell me something about Disney World. I tell you something about Disneyland. We could probably go back and forth for about six hours. So, so. so we, the next time that each of us are in either place, we need to get a hold of each other so that we could talk about these details and learn things. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, we will make that happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, so kind of a more general question as we get to the last couple of wrap-ups here. What inspires you? As in at Disney or just in general? In general. It's going to sound like a cheesy answer, but definitely my family and my boyfriend. My boyfriend is like my, my steady non-Disney ground. He's in medical school right now, and I have to teach him everything and anything about Disney. Okay. And he's, he's my, like, I could go into Disney forever. He's the one that keeps me grounded and keeps me 
like exploring other things and keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, my kids at school for sure. And just children in general. I just, I really like kids and working with them. And that's something that if given the opportunity, that's something that pushes me further and keeps me going. And I've been probably as weird as this sounds, I've been ill for quite a while and my disability that I have is something that actually inspired me initially when I first got sick. And I've let that continue to push me and people tell me I can't do things. I'm like, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's as weird as that sounds. That's something that's inspired me for a long time as well. Okay. I can see that. I, I know some other people who have, you know, challenges like that and that's frequently a, a driving force in their life that inspires them. So I'm going to ask this. If you prefer not to answer, I'll just cut it out. But do you mind sharing what that is? I have rheumatoid arthritis. I've had it for about 12 years. 12 years, really? Mm -hmm. I got it. Wow. um, I got it right before my sophomore year of high school. Oh, so that made your last couple of years of high school pretty difficult too, I would imagine. Yeah. Medications. um, I almost had liver failure at one point due to a medication complication that they didn't know I was going to have. Wow. Um, yeah, I had a lot, but that didn't stop me because I've run several mar- I've run two half marathons now because I knew that my knees were aren't going to hold out forever. So I was mm-hmm. like, I made a decision that I want to run in every theme park in Walt Disney World, and I did. And then I, the only way you can run in Magic Kingdom is running a half marathon for some reason. So I had to do that. <laughs> which, this is a side note, never cry while running, especially on like mile six, because you start hyperventilating and then you can't breathe and that's not good. Oh yeah. Good just, tip. Okay. Just, just random side tip there. Um, <laughs> but, um, I went and ran, got my coast to coast medal by running in the two parks. And so I've r- ran in all parks in North America, which is really cool. Great. And it just, that kind of stuff just keeps me motivated. Do you have any other races that you're planning right now? Or have you kind of done what you wanted to do with the running? I, I've done, I'd love to do the ones in Paris, but unfortunately I have gotten more ill as the couple years have gone on. I don't know if I would actually be able to do anything more than a 5k anymore. Gotcha. But okay. I, I um, did what I set out to do and I made a goal and that's the important part. It is. That's absolutely the important part. Um, when you were first diagnosed, were you able to kind of be motivated by it right away? Or was there some time where you really struggled and then came to a point where it inspired and motivated you? Oh, I I got diagnosed when I was 16 years old in the middle of that teenage drama stuff that we get when we're teenagers. I definitely was in depression for a good six months or so at least. And I had other friend issues that were going on at that point as well. And I just, I was... It took probably the first year until I finally was like, my doctor's telling me I can't play flute, which I had been doing for 12 years at that point. And I'm just like, I'm going to stop listening to all of you and I'm going to do what I want because one, I'm a teenager and that's what I do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not going to let this get to me. If if I keep moving, then that's what inspired me in school that I joined a bunch of clubs. I did all all these different things in school because... I knew that I have to do it now. And if you don't do it now, you never know what you're going to be able to do in the future. And so do it while you can. Right. 
that's great advice. And in fact, it leads very well into the last question before we give you a chance to plug whatever you might want to plug. Um, but, and actually, before I ask the question, I just want to thank you for being willing to share that, oh. um, the, the struggle and the, the advice. Not a problem. So. Yeah, it's something I deal with and I just, it it's just part of me. And it's if I'm going to share myself, I'll share that too. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, because I know that that's going to help people who hear that and are e either dealing with the same thing or something that's kind of similar and are struggling with it right now. Uh, and it's going to encourage them to push forward. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people listening, I know, have their own dreams. You know, maybe it's to work for Disney. Maybe it's to work with special needs kids or uh, to overcome some obstacle or illness. Uh, or maybe it's something else entirely, but they're afraid. Maybe they've forgotten that they had a dream once and it just kind of got shoved aside or told that they couldn't do it or shouldn't do it. So what advice do you have for that person? Um, keep moving forward. I always love that line. <laughs> I And that's something I actually have. I've had it since the hard days of my first job at um, my first teaching job that I had that didn't work out so well. Halfway through that, I was having trouble getting up in the morning because I just didn't want to go to work. I was so miserable. And so I have an alarm that goes off at 7 a.m. every day on my phone. That just is a little message that says, keep moving forward. And I've had that set on my phone. I think it says like 2,000 some days or something ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> Almost <laughs> like 1,500, 2,000 days. I don't know what it says. But it's it's just a message. I have a couple come up on my phone every day. And it's just everything happens for a reason as, again, another cheesy line, but it's, it's really true. I would not be in Florida if it wasn't for having a terrible first job. And I wouldn't be working with these, these at my school with these wonderful children that I have. I wouldn't be working with them if it wasn't for struggling to make ends meet with Disney and struggling, struggling made me have to look for a second job. And that second job was what led me to this amazing job that I have now. It's like within struggles is where you find that silver lining and you just have to as hard as it is you have to keep looking for it absolutely you're right and by the way that's one of my favorite lines too that keep me keep moving forward i love that i cry every time at the as, as sad, weird as that is at the end of meet the robinsons every time tears uh-huh tears i can't help it <laughs> oh yeah but whenever i autograph one of my books for somebody that's what i always write in there is keep moving forward that's awesome uh, so the last thing as we wrap up here is what we like to call shameless plug time. So anything you'd like to mention and, or promote, uh, you talked a little bit about something that you're doing f uh, for tours or, or pl uh, travel planning for kids and families with special needs. Also how people can find you on Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to promote and talk about, plug, go for it. It's all yours. Oh. Well, the only thing I really have to plug right now is I just, I'm, trying to start up a travel agency that plans and helps families with special needs and being travel agent trained, as you know, we can do anything, but I really want to help families with special needs plan trips to not just Disney world, but Florida and areas down here. I've, I've only been in Florida for three years and I love this place. There is like California, there are so many different places to see and things to do here. And it's just, I've fallen in love with so many places down here and I would just love to share them. And 
I know that there's families out there that have gone, that haven't been able to go on vacations because they have unique needs in their families and they don't think that places can serve them. And I'm hoping that I can help some of those families to get out and realize that there are places that can do that and I'll be willing to help them find them and share that information with them. Great. So do you have a website or a Facebook page or anything that people can go to? I do. My website for my travel agency is anyadventuregoestravel.com. And I have a Facebook. If you search Any Adventure Goes Travel, it's on Facebook as well. Um, you can find it through my name on Facebook. And I have a Twitter that is aagtravel.com. Or aagtravel is the at whatever Twitter thing. Right. <laughs> whatever Got that it. is. With the at, the Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think oh and i i'm trying to have a youtube page i'm not very good with my videos though i'm still working on that but okay. <laughs> that's a work in progress but it'll come eventually just absolutely but yeah that's thank you for letting me talk about that it's something that i'm been working on for a couple months now and it's another thing that it's struggling to get going like i just had a client back out of a trip just yesterday on me and so it's like one of those things i was a little discouraged but I have to keep moving forward and keep trying it because I'm going to help some family. And even if I just help one, at least it was something. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I will link to all of that in the show notes so people can come to the show notes for this episode and click right through to get to everything. So you're going to be really easy to find. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and your stories and memories and everything and sharing your heart uh, for you know, for people and for Disney uh, with us here. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad we got this time to do that. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Jessica Clausen for being my guest and to you for listening. Next time, we'll begin our coverage of the 2015 D23 Expo. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like my book, Faith and the Magic Kingdom. You can pick that one or any of the 180,000-plus audiobooks as your free trial book, and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com audible for your free audiobook. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, maybe you've written a book, created a website, or you're blogging, writing or performing music, art, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I talked to some of you at the expo, but I'd love for you to call in, too. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or you've had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you, too. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. 
It just takes a few minutes, and it's really helpful to boost the show in the searches and the lists and the rankings and things so that more people can find it and more people can hear these wonderful stories. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. And while you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com, for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.